This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, listeners, we have some exciting news to share. Once again, the entire Deeply Graphic Design team will be partnering with the Adobe Max Creative Conference this October 15th through the 17th in Los Angeles, California. Designers from all over the world come to Adobe Max to up-level their work, their process, and the creative journey. Max is the perfect blend of information and inspiration, practical knowledge, and creative magic. Not only will we be there for live interviews and episodes, but the Adobe team has also arranged a special discount for all of our DGDC listeners. Use the code DGDC to receive your discounted rate and stay tuned for more information on future episodes. We can't wait to meet you guys at Adobe Max. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikkel Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right, back together. Uh, no guests today. It's just the three of us, the OG crew. So <laughs> I know, we've been on a roll yes. with the guests. I know. Maybe That's people uh, will miss a guest. Maybe people just want to hear... Uh, well, we got to say this time. So anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you all for the continued listening and for telling a friend and for giving us five-star reviews and doing what you do to make the show catch fire. Like it's, you know, we keep getting new listeners all the time, which is amazing. And that's how we keep yeah. going. So thank you for that. And probably welcome to a lot of new guests. Uh, I think some of our previous guests have brought on a lot of new listeners. Um, so uh, through what yeah. we've seen on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. So Glad you guys are on board. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, speaking of Instagram, please follow the show at Deeply Graphic on Instagram. We'd love to have you there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we put uh, new episode announcements on there. Sometimes we'll throw out a call for questions or sp- mm-hmm. specific things that we're uh, going to be talking about. So it's also good a good way to, to, follow. to be for us to comment back, too, because I know like a lot of times we see something on uh, iTunes and there's just no way to like write back and say put, still leave a comment there and. Give us a five star, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I knew you'd squeeze. Stop I knew that, but... I knew you were going to squeeze that in. <laughs> but nice. on Instagram, we get to kind of chat back and stuff, so it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, we love having you guys there. It's like a little house party every day. So, uh, but yeah. speaking of parties, it is number one sixty today. So, um, yeah, I can't believe we've we've done that many shows. Me and neither. you know how we like to do on the tens. We do a listener question show. We clear out the old mailbag and we, uh, you know, give back to the listeners who have, who have, you guys have burning questions and we're here to answer them as yeah. best we can. Sometimes we have no idea. got to be honest. 
So if if you've li- <laughs> if you've written into a question and we haven't gotten to it, maybe it's just because we have no idea what to tell you. You stumped you stumped us. You stumped us. <laughs> <We're stumped. laughs> yeah. We I think for number two hundred, we'll just put all the questions together that we don't have answers for. That'll be a yeah, challenge for us. And, and, we'll, yeah. and, and we'll go back to the live drinking episode, and that would be perfect for the 200. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So before we get going with the questions, let's talk Skillshare. And if you think, if you guys think I just talk about Skillshare like on the podcast, you got another thing coming. I tell people on the street, I tell family members, like grandma, you got to get on Skillshare. Um I don't know if they have knitting stuff, but they probably do. So anyway, today's episode of the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the first half is sponsored by Skillshare. Um, if you don't know, if you haven't been paying attention, I'm going to school you here. So Skillshare, <laughs> online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in design, photography, marketing, technology, design, and more. Um, so you can take classes in basically anything you can think of. Logo design, web design, illustrating, um, if you want to do video uh, editing, they've got every kind of software. And then within that, just how to do specific little tasks. So something for everyone, long courses, short courses, you name it, they got it. So if you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start that side hustle of your dreams or you know, just explore a new passion you might have. Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving every step of the way. Um, which is really what it's all about, guys. So you're listening to this show, which tells me that you're trying to, you're you're wanting to keep learning about design, and that's really the best way to make a, a good career out of this. So um, if you listen to the show, can't recommend Skillshare enough. They really take things to the next level because we're just amateurs talking into a mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These guys are, um, they really know what they're talking about in a way that we wing it. Yeah. <laughs> We're just we're just we're just sitting in our basements, you know, and yeah, exactly. One day we'll be on YouTube. We don't know, but Skillshare knows what they're doing. Step up to Skillshare. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for just ninety nine cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering our listeners on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast two months of unlimited access to those 20,000 classes for just 99 cents, well under a dollar. So to sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash graphic. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash graphic to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash graphic. All right. (laughs) Cool deal. So now we've got some questions. So right off the bat, we love... Caroline Cornthwaite, because she sent us an audio question. So let's roll that tape. Hey, guys. Uh, Big, big fan. Thanks so much for everything you guys do. Uh, I listen to you guys all the time. Um, So quick question. Might be a silly question. But um, I'm wondering, as a graphic designer who designs logos uh, mostly, um, I'm running into this issue sometimes, and I want to make sure that I'm doing it properly. Um, I come to a point where I hand the client deliverables and they are handing it off to a web designer. And I really want to make sure that I'm packaging up everything very nicely for the web designer to handle because I don't do websites. Uh, And I'm just wondering what you suggest and what a web designer wants when they are receiving the deliverables from their client to then put it onto uh, the website. Thanks. All right. Thank you for that, Caroline. Um, what a good question. So 
as a web yeah, designer. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and I think Nick might not have too much to say here. And although he does a do lot of logos, really, like, yeah, well, logos, but yeah, you may actually, yeah, I, I mean, this is my only connection. Yeah, it comes to with the job. <laughs> it comes with the Caroline, job with logo deliverable. You got to know how to do learn. this. <laughs> we, we have found a link. I'm I'm connected yes. to the web now. Yeah, you are. I, I um, I get this asked a lot because it's like, or I've looked into it a lot because I. Wow, there's a major ambulance. They're, they're coming by. For you, Sorry Nick. about that. I know. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't steal anything. Um, and, and so I had to learn this kind of by trial and error, but then also knowing how to hand it over to people when they, I, I would just ask the developer, what's the best system and what the best way to get it. I give it in a, a few buckets. I give a because I don't want it to just be for web. I want it to be an entire package that the logo, in case anybody gets it right, right. Uh, they right. might send it out for embroidery or T-shirts or right. uh, mugs any third party. Or whatever. Yeah, so I do a, a vector pack first, and that vector pack is all AIP, PDF, and EPS. And you want to make sure I break it down into a CMYK version, a Pantone-only version if you need to, uh, a black and white version, and then a reversed-out version in white because that's the one you want to use, obviously, in a lot of web if they're using it transparent and they need it white with no background, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do a raster package, which is all in RGB, um, and it's JPEG and PNG. I, I would assume that's probably, do you guys agree, the best two? Because you get the JPEG if, as needed, but the PNG, uh, for other reasons, might be needed because of the knockout of the background, yeah. you name it. It and used to be other- that handing off TIFF for print-ready production was, and that, no, no, yeah. no, go vector all the way. Yeah. I very seldom get like the TIFF reference anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. And the only other optional stuff is like if there are different variants of the logo. Um, if I locked it up in different ways, then I do that as well. Um, and then maybe you guys can uh, add to this, but um, I like to give it in small, medium, and large sizes. Like, is there anything you guys do or want to see a logo done as far as when it comes to sizing and maybe resolution? Um. For me, the only thing matter? I would say, it doesn't matter for me. Here's why. But I, so I have all those, I have all the programs. I have Illustrator. Um, I, I guess there might be a situation in which like a developer might not have that, but I think Yeah, so what a developer should. wants. Yeah. I think everyone these days probably has the whole creative suite, but if not, then yeah, you would definitely want um, a few sizes um, of a PNG for sure. Yeah. Or a yeah. JPEG if. If it's just on a white background and the website background is white, but that's not always the case. So yeah. for me, all I need is just, I'm simple. All I need is just that EPS or the Illustrator file. Because um, you could make it into anything you need to. Yeah. The only, thing I think I'll a say of... in, the only thing I'll say in terms of web specifically is, and you mentioned this, Nick, like the different lockups, you definitely want a horizontal kind of landscape lockup for a website in most cases. Yeah, good, good if, it, if, if, yeah. The, if the logo is too tall, then now it's taking up too much space in the header, which is and normally where to, you have it. It starts, it starts to dictate the overall web design yeah. if, you're not, if you don't have a nice horizontal version. you know. But I think in her case too, and I've seen this sometimes where uh, if it's going to a developer, let's say, and not a, no, someone who's designing the site, more of the developer of the site, I have found a lot of times even though I, they have the tools, they have the whole creative suite. A lot they of them don't. I don't want, trust it. They, or they don't want. Mm. They're like, no, give it to me in sizes. I don't. Even though they can make the changes, yeah, they want to get that handover pack. So the that's specifics. why I, sometimes I yeah. do like seventy-two DPI, one hundred fifty DPI, and then 30, 300 DPI, just mm-hmm. so. 
they have some variations of the sizes in case he needs he or she needs it for small or they need it for big. They have some starting point. So that's why I do that because I think sometimes the developer side are a little finicky and and don't want to mess with it. They'd rather sure. get it from the designer. That's sure. what do you think, Mikkel? Any other any other So uh, um a couple things. I never process P- I hardly ever process PNGs for websites anymore. I always hand off SVGs for responsive. Best optimal display okay. for responsive. Yeah. That's and a then good point. secondly, and, I was yeah. going to mention that um, there's no reason why you don't ask the client. We always get in touch with the third-party vendor. We always get in touch with the developer, whether he or she is front-end specifically or back-end, because then they know the specs. If they're working with a theme, they know exactly the allocated space they're working with for mobile and sure. desktop view. And then you don't have this guessing game. You cross-publish out the specs that you need to, two versions, and you're done. Like mm-hmm. your your yeah. client should depend on you to undergo that handholding process until the very end with respect to deliverables, so that you can be in total control of that and doesn't look like shit in the end. Yeah, well said. I agree mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> There's no- we'll, we'll end it. We'll end it right yeah. there. <laughs> no, no point. That the, no reason why the the client has to be the go between. It should be an easy just. Do you mind putting me in contact with um, the dev? I'll be sure to copy you. They will always say, of course. They will always say, of course. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So, uh, Mikkel, you want to take the next one? Yes. This is from Kim. She asks, how many is too many niches or niches? Some people would say. (laughs) (laughs) If I were to choose one to focus on to start, should I choose based on experience or poten- potential income? That's a good question. Okay. It is. Yeah, like, this... I don't know what to, where it would go. I, I, yeah. I, and I think we have a lot of good con- um, rationale from the people we've gotten to sp- speak to over the totally. last few episodes. Totally. What do you guys think? That made me where, think of that what, too. What's, what's, if, unless you have a, an experience that is really stellar, mm-hmm. I, I would say maybe pick the experience side for the niche you're going to pick. But... If potential income, if if you have a if you have a specialty that can be in wherever, you, let's say what part of the country you live in or wherever you're located, uh, businesses around your industry, if that means the potential income is a greater value, I would go that route. I guess mm-hmm. that's how I would separate. What do you think? Yeah, I think I there's. Yeah, so I would say if if you have a lot of experience in one kind of niche. I start there because you mm-hmm. have that experience. Because one thing, like when I was, um, I went through th- that whole boot camp experience a couple of years ago, and one of the big things they were talking about was you got a niche down. My only concern with that was I don't know what that niche is because I haven't really, I don't have a whole lot of experience in any one sector. It's like it's kind of all over the place to mm-hmm. where it would be really kind of, I couldn't imagine just trying to go after you know, uh, doctor's offices with no doctor's office stuff in my portfolio yeah. yet. So, yeah. um, you know, you, you ask how many is too many niches. I would say, you know, one to three is probably okay. I would say with a caveat, they should be kind of linked or semi-close. If you're doing like, if everything is so all over the, the board, it feels kind of It's strange. like 180 if they're like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. It doesn't feel yeah. comfortable together in a I way. I do dentists and I do energy yeah. drinks. Like it's just a weird, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, let's, let's pick a or lane. Can, no, can, it'd be a yeah. candy company and a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the angel and the devil on the shoulders there. But um, 
but I, I think would just like say we've... I would say start with where you have experience and then if if there's another niche that you feel like oh this mm-hmm. one's going to be really profitable you build to it while you're maybe serving the other niche that you have experience in does that sound like a good kind of flow for you guys yeah but you know what was neat too we i think we also discovered that specialty doesn't just mean a particular industry it might be you know the way like your specialty could be the fact that you build websites that convert to you know, engagement and sales and, and, and commerce, right? Like, I mean, like Mm -hmm. that's your, and that's very widespread. That's not so, that's not like I only do work for dentists or whatever. Like that little specialty might be too minute, like too finite, but like, I just think it might be a way for her to think there might be something that even if she is just says her, her specialty is more uh, local small businesses. She wants to help them just succeed and they're local and they're small and she can go knock on doors. That might be a, a great specialty to look at. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be so specific as I only do photography based websites. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we got to think, we got to think broader on that. What yeah. a specialty could be. Well, I think what I was talking about goes either way. Like that could, that mm-hmm. could mean two different uh, industries or it could mean, you know, hey, I want to do logos because I look, or I want to do web design because mm-hmm. that looks really profitable, but I don't have any of that yet. Of so course, let's, yeah. let's focus on logos that I have a lot of, and then yeah. let's, as I'm as I'm servicing those people, I, that sounded gross. Um, <laughs> we'll, go, <laughs> we'll go toward you know we'll start doing web design in the background, and then we'll we'll get to them. Yeah, when I hit a critical mass, you know, that's a good point because like if potential income was on the line for me, but it was all web based stuff i really can't say go that direction because there is no experience on that side so i think it's right, really right. smart to say that's a good make example sure there's ex- make sure there's experience on that potential income so you're giving yourself a fair shot mm-hmm. you know and then However, I, would, I, would I will argue that <laughs> in many cases i've admitted this before on the show i it's too detriment that i hardly ever say no so if True. a request comes around that is not my area of expertise by any means, there's no reason not to collaborate with somebody that does and run it through yeah. business. True. And a I lot of people talk about that. I yeah. do that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's the you know, fake it till you make it thing. Of, right. But that was because of a, a but, an but, available opportunity right in front thing, of you that most, you didn't want to pass. The, right? most, the most important underlying part of that being that you have to know how to manage projects. I'm managing mm-hmm. all the steps, all the communication, and of course we're all going to have experience with that. So if that comes mm-hmm. natural, there's no reason you can't take a gig that's videography yeah. and run it through your business. Yeah. Well, there's there's no reason unless you're just on a very like I I'm hell bent on like do being the guy, the go-to person for this one thing, and if I take yeah. a bunch of other things, it's going to detract from that and that's but yeah, I mean, you got to take what you got to take. And if you have no reason not to take something that's outside of your scope, then absolutely. But oftentimes yeah. I don't need to. I want to because I learn so much yeah. from those that I collaborate with. Oh, sure. If they're but not in my immediate team, I outsource out. And that's part of the, mm-hmm. uh, that's part of what awesome connections come but, from. But you're, but you're yeah. not saying you're an in, an instant specialist specialty person uh, on that particular thing. So no, and then I, I, I communicate to the client. This is this is yeah. 
there's been a number of instances I, I think that all... we've partnered together. You're in good hands. I mean, yeah, especially if they're I, I, used to working with you and you've got the same client with mm-hmm. a totally different request coming around again. Oh yeah, those are the those are the best opportunities. And I and I think we've heard a lot of good examples of that with people we've talked to over the past that they took that chance and it's totally yes. worth it. It is but, worth it. But you're not. But again, you're not going to be like I'm the instant specialist of you that. You don't fake it. Genre you don't right fake now. it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, could, it could. It could land. You know, a year later, that could be all your business. So <laughs> you never know. You know. <laughs> yeah. True. You might just have a strong suit that you didn't know about. Exactly. Um, so how many is too many? I would say, like, I'd say the the dream. I mean, if you're gonna niche, you know, one is perfect. Like having one solid yeah. niche is great. If it has to be a couple, so be it. But yeah, once you start having like four or five niches, now you're not niching anymore. Now you're just a generalist at that or, point. Or maybe those say, so. the second and third are supporting specialties yeah. of number one. Yes. But one should be the focal point. Yeah, yes. and I think that yeah. in, in an ideal world, I would love to have a niche that I just could get down so I didn't have mm-hmm. to reinvent the wheel with every project. Yep. Having said that, it might get uh-huh. boring, but I mean, <laughs> you know, you'd at least be really good at this one thing. So, um, oh yeah, right, yeah. But anyway, all right. Thanks for writing in, Kim. Sorry we had to shorten your. We did shorten that question quite a bit, but it was a lot of detail that um, good. You know, okay. Didn't need for the question. So, all right, Nick, you want to take uh, yeah. Sarah's question? Sarah. Sarah asks, is there any benefit to joining organizations like AIGA? I've looked at the requirements and the whatnot before, and it seems like a lot of expense, and I'm not sure exactly what kind of results she will get or real-world benefits she will get um, if she did it. Uh, I currently live in and work in a design vacuum in a very small town of America, so I'm not around other designers to discuss. So Hmm. I think she brings up a good point there. I wonder, um, I believe AIGA is most of the benefits come from where you live and what things you can get to participate in because they do put on a lot of, I know here in LA uh, in big cities, they do put on a lot of things and sponsor a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. if you can't take advantage of those, mm. the only other things, and I looked up real quick that you really get are access to things like design jobs, the creative group, which is basically um uh, helps. It's kind of oh, like a right. hub of helping freelance designers yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, and connecting you with uh, potential projects and new clients. Um, other than that, you know, like they have WeWork discounts. Um, there's professional mm-hmm. development help on their, that's available on their site that you don't get for free. So there are some virtual mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think? Because I, I, I'm a member here and I, I do go to a lot of these things and you get a discount and you get first dibs on some of the things that might sell out. But other than that, do you guys see any other advantages or what do you think? Especially in her case because of where she's at. Yeah. yeah that's so this a, is that's one a tough ones, one. Yeah, I'm so one glad this question came up know. because I feel like we've got a lot of rural <laughs> listeners. I feel like we've got a lot of rural listeners. I'm so glad this question came about. Yeah. I think it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Or even out of the country kind of too. And But I'm sure you have other things to kind of pay it, look yes. into. I, I know stu- if you're a student – I'd say fully take advantage of it because you get a much discounted rate and they need to network. They need to be in. And so if you have a chapter nearby and you're a student, I would say do it a hundred percent. You also get discounts at school uh, at certain things in certain clubs and organizations. If you're an AIGA member, Um, Mm -hmm. obviously I'm sure Sarah's probably not. So maybe try it for a year. And, and I think we're all good judges of like, if you do something, you know, on a yearly basis, did you do it for a year? 
and see yeah. if it was mm -hmm. a, of an advantage to you. Um, the benefit is it could connect you with a lot of people because if you are in a small town and there's not a lot of designers uh, at your disposal, I think we're all lucky enough to not only have virtual designers to talk to, but people in our locations in our cities. It could help Sarah out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could. I mean, but what you're saying is most of the benefits you think are like real, physical, tangible meetings exactly. and stuff, meetups. Yeah, I mean, I would say in that case, I think the only thing I've ever kind of looked into AIGA for is like they've they they've got a lot of like kind of contract templates and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Like that's kind of what I got from them in the past. Um, I don't know. I don't know that this is necessary. It feels, I mean, people are probably going to beat me up for saying this, but it feels kind of like a vestige in a way. Um, there's a lot of other yeah. things online that can kind of replace this, like freelancers union and yeah, freelancers union, things like that. So, um, yeah, I would say Caroline, if or not, not Caroline, this one's Sarah, Sarah, I would say that if, um, you know, I think you have a good, uh, intuition, in your right to ask. Mm -hmm. and you said it's a lot of expense and it's probably not going to do much for you if you don't have access to the physical meetings. Yes. Yeah. And don't forget there, I, I, I hope AIGA doesn't hate this, but <laughs> there's a lot of free there. Well, they probably know they, they, they support this. They're all, a lot of their resources are free right on their website. Yeah. So yeah. like you said, Wes, like you can go right on there and you can get Which is their uh, graphics communication design uh, careers in that there. They have a fantastic um, starting point for your contract and your agreement, mm -hmm. uh, quite intensive. I think it was like a 30 page PDF. So there might be some stuff that's free. I think also too, Sarah, look into things that maybe, that maybe host a dribble, um, meetup in your area. You might find that that's a complete free oh, yeah, thing. That's a good idea. Dribble. We did one uh, last year and dribble sends you a ton of great stuff and they help promote it. Um, it might be a great way to kind of connect with people that might be a few miles away, but, um, Hopefully that could be a, a great asset or advantage for you, you know? Yeah. yeah. All good, right. Yeah. Cool. Well, good luck with that, Sarah. Let, me just let us know yeah. what you do. And um, all right. So moving right along, we got number four. This one is from Francine. <laughs> and this was um, in response to uh, the Cinemagraph episode we did a while back. And she says, what are your thoughts about cinem Cinemagraphs now a year and a half later? So glad you asked, Francine. It's funny because <laughs> this is one of those things that I, I really built up and I thought was going to kind of take the web world by storm. Um, it has not, you know, mm. like it's you really don't ever see these unless you're looking up an article about them. And then it's all on Flixel's website. Yeah. And there's but don't um, you think they inspired a lot? I think. And this is coming yeah. from a non-web guy, but my observation might be that I, I did get to see them show up a little bit more on sites that I was kind of like, oh, thanks to Wes. I know what that is. That's a similar. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how to make it, but I do know what it is. And um, sure. But I, I think also, too, it might have been um, a stepping stone inspiring a lot of other things and just seeing really good UI UX movement uh, because I remember when you introduced it, you were saying the main point of it was to capture your attention in yeah. an area where there might be a headline or, or some call to action. So I've really noticed over the last year uh, uh, just a huge improvement on navigation and great things. And I think maybe this where it lives is more of what it's done as um, an attention-grabbing, eye-catching thing. Yeah, and there's certainly maybe. a lot of ways to capture attention. So. But I, what I would say, Francine, is while I would say they have not caught on like I thought they would, um, yeah. 
that might actually be a really good thing. And that might <laughs> keep them because, yeah, if everyone was using them now, the attention would be out the window. So maybe I'm not I'm revising what I said, not that it's going to take the world by storm, but uh, what a great way if you're one of the only ones to actually use <laughs> them. And it, it is sure. still kind of novel for the average person yeah. because, yeah. Um, you know, a year and a half ago when I when we did that episode and I did I. I just wrote a few articles about these and stuff. So I was kind of in it. So I saw a lot of them, but now um, you don't see as many and yeah, keeps it novel, you know? So why not use You're it? You're right. It maybe it didn't get overexposed. And that's like, like you said, it's a good thing. Yeah. Cause once something gets overexposed, then it's kind of time to abandon it usually. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there's nothing really to be said bad about them. They just never caught on the way I thought. Yeah. You just got to be smart in how you do them. You don't want to take up too much um, space, you know, like if not space, like, but, you know, too much um, data. Yeah. It, it, they're they're hard for um, like for mobile sites for sure. So yeah. Yeah. Got to be smart with them. And if you're going to use them, uh, do it as a video and just keep it as short as possible. Keep the loop very tight and then run it through ClipChamp, which will compress it um, to a really good size and it still looks pretty good, then you might just want to put some kind of a texture overlay on top of it, um, like a pixel overlay on top of it to kind of get, to mask any of the artifacting that'll happen. Yeah, it grains so, it out a little bit. Like Yeah, almost, like yeah. there's kind of these cool glitch. little like, kind of pixel overlays that you can put over it that, that um, you know, they just kind of mask the imperfections yeah. Yeah. of the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that would be my advice. All right. Mikhail, I want to take the next one. Um, after we did that cinematograph episode, by the way, I went on an Instagram and I started trying to follow all these people that, you know, mm-hmm. showcase cinematographs or were cinematographers. Hardly any. Oh, okay. Hardly any. Oh, yeah. Well, they're yeah. a pain in the ass to make. Which ju- I would imagine. I would yeah. imagine. But that just kind of Instagram is so huge, right? For the community by mm-hmm. and large. So that's just kind yeah. of an indicator, don't you think? But, well, no. I think you know what cinegraphs aren't they boomerangs basically? No, in a way, no, well, that's... Well, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? I, I don't mean it's yeah. the exact same thing, but like I don't want to say it's taken the place, but I think cinegraphs heavily influenced this idea that it's that small clip and look at how mm-hmm. boomerangs kids freaking use them like crazy. Yeah. So well, I mean, that... like, maybe that's another inspiration thing. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I meant more like you, not as you, a replacement. <laughs> you absolutely could be right, and like. While we're on that subject, what a great hero image a boomerang could be yeah. too, in terms totally. of attention. Or yeah, like so. for a Facebook ad, yep, video, like a video Facebook ad. Like I've seen yeah. that happen. I've seen those uses ads. That's fun, and they really That's get fun. attention. So I have a That's client right fun. now who wants a um, like a Fourth of July promo Facebook ad, and I ha- I'm having them do a boomerang video to send me for that. So. Perfect. Fun. Yeah. I like that idea. It's, that's got but, yeah. yeah, to the point that it grabs attention. I think I've been seeing it used in some really great uh, – now that ads are really showing up on Instagram a lot more mm-hmm. and they have to get creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, you know, I think mean, that's – it's still this the, – the whole basis of what a cinograph is is still working. Maybe yeah. just slightly different just, and in different applications. Yeah, and maybe not as cool. – well, And boomerangs have the additional benefit of being kind of – 
more fun and social than cinemagraphs are inherently. Well, and they're relatable. So, Everybody runs them on their phone. You know, they're yeah. really relatable. So that's yeah. that's that's a good advantage. Okay, yeah, this next question is from KMX. So it could be female, could be male. We don't know. We don't know. KMX. Sounds like yeah. a new rapper. I know. Yo, what's KMX. up, KMX? <laughs> In the don't, don't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so white. I know. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be working with businesses that can't afford agency coding. Working with new low-budget web customers does not frustrate me, but as a raw talent, how can I make the process simple, concrete, and organized? I would like to be not raw at walking them through their specifications and being clear about their prompt budget payment. That's phrased very well, KMX. Yeah. Good going. Yeah. Yeah. So the the best thing I can tell you here, so that's two questions. The budget payment, you got to have a contract. You you knew we were going to say that. Um, And don't (laughs) ever, don't ever like do a soft shoe around that. Like you just, Tell them this is I'm, like when you give them the the project scope and the the proposal, make it very clear when payment is due. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I, early, I, it drives me Just crazy when people are. Um, I'm not saying this is you, KMX, but it does make yeah. it does always make <laughs> me crazy when people like are very skittish about talking about money. Yeah, like, well, no, a lot of people totally get uncomfortable about it. It's very very true. Yeah, but nip it in the bud. Sick. Yeah, train yeah. yourself out of it and just, I literally, I make no apology when I ask for money. Like, that's not, I've done this service. But um, yeah. But in terms of the process, so these are, you know, you're, I take it you're a developer, you're say, saying coding. So um, right. the best thing you can do, go back and listen to our episode where we had Barbara Cagnetto on and we talked about her Basecamp project organization method. Um, I don't remember the the number of that episode offhand, but it was a good one. And I still use this method to this day. I use Basecamp. You can use Asana, anything like that. Make up a template, uh, just a template project of all the different kind of tasks that are in there and all the things you need from them. And every time you get a new client, you duplicate that entire project task list you add them to it so you can and then you can just start assigning things to them as as it you know like okay i need these designs and i need this content and all this stuff give them very specific due dates for it and let them know hey if you miss these due dates we're going to be behind and yeah. um i definitely recommend putting in some kind of a penalty into your payment structure that says if you if 2 weeks go by and we don't hear from you we are closing this project and then we're charging you a reopening fee on that project when you get back to us. Yeah. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people need consequences. So, yeah. Specifically on that, you're yeah. right. Um, and then would you, uh, going off of what she had mentioned here or KMX mentioned, this idea of the prompt budget payments, uh, in that agreement, making sure those in that timeline, there's milestones for it. I'm assuming, let's say it's a two to three month thing. You want to make sure you're telling them in advance when each payment is due. Yeah, that's not so much on my base camp to do list, but it's definitely in my in your agreement proposal. It'll yeah, have the, it yeah. has the line items of everything that I'm charging for, and then underneath that, there's like a little grid that says when payment one is due upon, yes. upon you know uh, project acceptance when you sign that contract. Then yeah. the second one is due. Um, 
once we're done with design before we go into development, then the set, the last one is due right. You know, when we're done with development before we put it on your server. Yes. So yes, it might be different for you, but just make sure those milestones are laid out and, you know, and also tell them this is important too, that I found in time, do not let their um, feet dragging extend them having to pay you on time by what by that i mean if you're done with all your work but they're like oh yeah we still just haven't gotten that content done we'll let you yeah. know when we get it. like no we've done our work like we still need to be paid we're not going to not be paid because you aren't on time with the stuff we need from you yes so make sure that's in there and you know? also too if you if you have an issue with this like i've been doing this a lot more because to be honest with you, the, the late payment thing as I've been battling with a lot just out of nowhere, like the last three months, it's been, I'm a collections agency <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah. And so one thing I have done is I said, I've, one, I just took the blame and said, maybe I wasn't 100% clear on things. And now instead of just making sure it's in that proposal and the agreement, we are going over it verbally. And I go over that specifically saying when the installments are due and you're, di- you'll get the 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 you know this is when your initial is this is when the second one is due and the third and the dates are clearly there and bold but i guess i was relying too much a lot of times on just the written word being enough and now i'm just taking that extra step to be a little more verbal with it right it's just it's just it's one of those things we we are all learning and we get to a point where you know uh it takes a a situation like this and maybe kmx has gone through this and that's why they're asking that Mm -hmm. you figure out what to do to improve it you know we we all have our different little spots that are bugging us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I just want to make sure we, we, we get to that about the budget payment and yeah. being prompt with it. It sounded like that was a big issue too. Yeah. It's just about making sure they know. Cause yeah, there are clients that will be the ones who aren't ready and they'll try to, dr- they'll think that right. that means you don't need to get paid yet. I right. think I talked on the show several years ago. I had like a, a contractor client and we did a website for them and basically we did all the work and then for whatever reason their their content wasn't done so they were like basically saying yeah we don't have it yet we'll get back to you when we have it i'm like well yeah we need to get paid and he's like yeah i think i remember well, this yeah and he's like well i don't know if we need to pay you yet because i'll have to look <laughs> at our contract because we're not done yet and i'm like <laughs> but i'm done yeah. <laughs> all i'm going to need is like an hour yeah. to put your written content on what here. happened with that did what happened with that did he ended he... up paying, and I he ended up paying, and I never heard from him again. So his site never went up. He paid in full, and he never had a site. Wow! Okay. And that's on him. Like it was ready yeah. to go. He didn't have his content, so sucks for him. But good. But we, hey, we you, as long as you're you're confident enough to know that was part of the plan, you asked for that, you know. And if they didn't, if they didn't yeah. submit or put it, you know, then guess what? That's a missing link. Yeah. Look, it, it wasn't me calling him saying, hey, I'm going to make you a website, whether you're ready or not. He asked me yeah. for a website. <laughs> so Yeah, it kind yeah. of works that way. Yeah. yeah. He came to you. Right, right. So we have one more question, but before we get there, oh, uh, let's talk about FreshBooks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we love FreshBooks. Okay. <laughs> Twist Mikkel's arm. Have you called him this week, Mikkel? No. <laughs> I've, been, I've been gone is the only reason why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, she's... A, when you're on vacation, you don't talk to them, but I see how it is. 
Anyway, um, so FreshBooks makes ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software for agencies and freelancers that will help you work smarter, get organized, and most importantly, get you paid quickly. That's what we love. So um, I don't know why you just sounded like Oprah right there, but <laughs> anyway. You get a payment. Yeah. And you get a payment. <laughs> but anyway, FreshBooks, um, they they redesigned the whole site to be really intuitive for designers and it really makes invoicing invoicing seem sexy, if you can imagine. So mm-hmm. um, you can create and send really professional-looking invoices in under 30 seconds. Seriously, um, with literally two clicks, you can get yourself set up with FreshBooks. Um, I really can't say enough good things, honestly. Like, it just makes it so easy because as designers, we don't want to think about invoicing. So you, you just log in. You, yeah. you have your client saved. You just send it out. It looks branded with your colors, your logos in there. Um, it just makes you look like the pro that you are, or maybe yeah. aren't, and maybe you're faking yeah. it. Maybe FreshBooks <laughs> is a great way to do that. So yeah, um, and you know they've got the automated late payment reminders, which are amazing. Let's them be the bad guy, not you. Um, and of course, the support is great. They usually answer in three rings or less on the phone. So anyway. We have a 30-day unrestricted free trial. So if you haven't done that yet, please do. You'll thank me for it later. Um, 30-day unrestricted free trial. Go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design. And how did you hear about a section? Freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design. Okay. So, Nick, you want to take this yeah. last question? This one came yeah, this to us on from- Twitter. From Rosemary Bartolini. Hello, Paisan. <laughs> you got to do this finger. The, hey, yeah. The two fingers touching your thumb thing, yeah. Exactly. All right. Rosemary asks, a new client wants me to create a Facebook page to promote his website, which is a disaster. I already spent too long searching it for info. A client wouldn't stay there for five seconds. So do I tell him not – do I tell uh, him how – I'm concerned his website and business may look like or be a scam. I can't find any definite evidence of what he claims to be offering, which are tours of China. Um, How do I ask him if it's legit without losing him? Plus, if he isn't, I don't want to support that. So, little multi-level question here. What do you? Yeah, it is. What's your first impressions? I mean, first of all, we have to separate out these two questions because the one is asking if how how do we know if he's a scam or legit or not? Um, yeah, I don't know that we can answer that for you. I mean, that's just kind of a gut thing. Like, and if it seems it, like it, scammy, then maybe you just don't want to do it. Yes. Um, yeah. But anyway, so the the other question, I think, the one we can talk about is so basically, she was hired to create a Facebook page for this guy. Mm -hmm. I assume that means the cover art and all that stuff. Um, But the website is just a shit show and needs reworking. So she's worried about that for him. So how does she tell him that she's concerned with that and then maybe he needs a new website? How How do you broach that when you're kind of hired for one thing, but you're trying to kind of maybe upsell to something else, which I think is very interesting. So yeah. I would say maybe, well, what would you do? I, I would almost show some examples that 
a Facebook page should never look better than the actual website, right? And if the components right. that she's going to be using, he does not want to update, kind of let's call it the branding and the layout of the actual website, mm-hmm. then um, then that could be a, quali- uh, a disqualification for her to say like, well, then there's nothing I can really do to make your Facebook page that amazing if we're using the same assets that you're total- you're using on your site. So right. maybe that might say, and Rosemary, if you do this as well, and if you do web, that might be a great way to say, let's concentrate there first and don't promote, like, I don't think you want to promote on Facebook because it's, it isn't the whole goal to bring them back to the website. Yeah. I mean, the only difference might be if it's a Facebook group, which is different. Yes. A lot of times yeah. you want to have both because you can have a good, pretty robust community in a Facebook yes. group pages. Not so much. The, the reach on a page is pretty low, but you need it for Facebook to run Facebook ads. So yes. And it sounds like if, if that's his end game is to maybe run Facebook ads to his website, um, yeah, it's probably worth just saying to him, hey, I'm a designer and I've noticed these issues on your page. What, what I might do if I were you, Rosemary, is make a little video or do it. Actually, if you've already got a relationship with him, do it with mm-hmm. him in person um, via Skype, screens, screen share, and just point at certain things that you can you know, make yourself seem knowledgeable and like, okay, I would fix this and I would fix this. If you want to really talk about this is a real project, if you're trying to run traffic to it, um, I just say it delicately. I I wouldn't spend too much money on ads going to this site Mm because the worst thing you can actually do is pay for traffic to a a site that's not ready for that traffic. You're wasting money. So um, put it that way. And to say, in my experience or my opinion, this particular website is not going to get the result you want. Here's what I might charge to whip it into shape for you. Yeah. And then it's up to him. Yeah. You know? I remember you mentioning too, there's a, there's power in the consistency of a click from a Facebook ad to the final destination. You want to yeah. make sure it looks as if you click. Ad sent. Yeah. It has yeah, to match. It, yeah. And, um, so would you, let me ask you this though, is like, let's say the website's just horrible and maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes of creating a different header for the website to show this client what she means by improvement. Would you guys throw that into the mix? Um, I know it's free a work. judgment call. I would do a mood board before I would do that. There you go. And especially when you think this guy might be kind of a scam. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'd be careful about doing too much yeah. free work for that. Or um, showing some competitors. Maybe he's just showing a few competitive sites. Yeah. Also, so again, our- with, like, remove the guessing game if the scam feels likely or in some cases not. <laughs> and schedule a quick five-minute phone call to get to gain an understanding yeah. for the project scope then you'll know and you'll know yeah. you'll get you'll obtain a taste for this point of potential point of contact whether you want to work with him or her or not sure uh, i wish he included the link i want I to see it now <laughs> oh do you speaking of scams do you guys ever get those random text messages from quote clients who are asking no. for like oh you never get it i luckily it nothing falls into text i get the um, asking the for phone what calls. I literally get, I haven't gotten one in a bit, but I would get them like maybe once a week. It was, it would always be a text message saying I'm hearing impaired 
and I'm looking for a website or something and it's Whoa. just it's the same language every time. Yeah. It's some yeah. kind of like wanting them I don't know, but I just wonder who falls for this shit. Like <laughs> Oh god. Well, do you guys get bombarded with the 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 phone numbers from sales calls but they are of your same area code at your yeah. same first 3 digits? Yeah. Oh, that's a new thing. Yeah, that's uh That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I know we're going off tangent here, but <laughs> We need a little bitch session. <laughs> yeah. Scammers, cut um, it the F out. How about that? Interesting. Well, Rosemary should maybe even look at like, God, does he have testimonials or is he on Yelp or is there an actual right. address to this guy's office? Reviews. Right. Like, right. Absolutely. Those are three fast things you can do to see mm-hmm. if he's reputable without, you know, hiring an investigative, uh, you know, PI here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah, Kel's right though. Just have a, go if, with you, your- if he won't talk to you on the phone, then don't even bother. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way in hell I would ever take on a client just email alone. And, and the know, first just, phone call, I yeah. absolutely f- works for the other end all the same. They want to know if you've got the fire, if you're going to be fun to work with. I mean, especially if it's a fairly long pr- process of a project upcoming. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. got to be some jive there over the phone at least. Uh, but, there's always, but there's always parties. these people that I think yeah. want to just like – throw out the thing i need a facebook ad are you are you in like i don't think they're looking sometimes sometimes they're probably yeah. not i don't work with that. those people i don't work with oh those no people. and i and i think that yeah. but if she if she's more junior maybe and and is and is just uh wants to get some stuff under her belt just qualify them in those ways make sure he's legit if there's any weirdness about it and you can't find stuff on yelp or an actual address then just cut, tell him hey uh, yeah th- then give him the give him what we'd said earlier and say I wouldn't do Facebook. Ad- Why invest in Facebook ads if the end result is your website? Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and you think you you put it you put it well, Wes, by just saying show some of those things that are maybe uh, could be improved and show in a competitor's thing, and then leave it at that. And if yeah. they don't want it, then you're just yeah. I mean, all if if all you're losing is maybe Facebook ads. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, and it. I I just extrapolated to the ads. All she said was a Facebook page, which. Is oh I'm sorry. Facebook. That's a pretty yeah. that's even even like kind of first step thing. Like that's probably not a very super high paying gig. I wouldn't think so. Feel gotcha. feel free to let that go, Rosemary. If if you don't <laughs> yeah. have to look at this guy, all in all, you know, feel free to let it go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, hope that was helpful to all of y'all who sent in a question. Keep sending in those listener questions to questions at thedeependdesign.com. Um, or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. And um, yeah, as we said at the beginning of the show, please follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. at Deeply Graphic. We'd love to have <clears throat> Get you. Get on it. Yeah. yeah. We might have to start doing some IGTV. Have you seen that? No. What, Instagram's like, new like uh, YouTube. Instagram live. Well, they're oh, going, now I they're did going see after, that. I did now they're going that. after YouTube. You could do up to an hour uh, video. Uh, on a whole other section of IGTV, which is Instagram TV that. now. It's like this banner that's notifying you now every time you. Mm-hmm. It's the future. Get into Instagram. I know, yeah. man. Love it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, anything from you guys before we wrap up? Or I think no, we're those good. Those were a good set right. of good questions. Yeah, yeah, all over the place, which is fun. Yeah, and we're the the thing is at this point we're almost depleted after getting through all these. So send <laughs> we in, need guys. the ten episodes in between. Yeah, send them <laughs> in. We need them for the next episode and stuff. So, anyway, uh, with that in mind, keep designing and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. 